Money FM 89.3, best of prime time. Market View on Money FM 89.3. You're listening to Money FM 89.3. I'm Chua Tiantian with your Market View. Now we're going to be talking all about gold today. Now, according to FX Street, gold traded close to its best level in five months at the start of the week amid optimism in China's reopening. Now, while better than expected U.S. services industry data through a spanner in the works, what is the overall impact of these developments on gold prices and what is the outlook for gold ahead? Now, for more, let's speak to Robin Sui, APEC Gold Strategist, SPDR ETFs or Spider ETFs at State Street Global Advisor. Hi, Robin. How are you? Hi, good morning. Uh, good afternoon. Thanks for having me again. Oh, great to have you on the show as well. And Robin, let's start with gold prices, right? According to FX Street earlier, uh, gold traded close to best level in five months above this uh, 1,800 US dollar mark. Uh, of course, amid China's reopening and the Fed's balance tone on rate hikes. But unexpectedly, we also saw data from the US coming up to say that, you know, the US economy is hotter than expected, spurring bets of more interest rate increases and causing some retreat in gold prices. So how would you read into these developments? Yes, it's correct. I think that the recent I think opening uh, in China definitely has a positive impact uh, to gold market because China is, is the biggest physical gold consumer uh, in the world. So that's been positive uh, mm. to the gold prices. And also, I think last one we look at the US dollar. Uh, the US dollar actually uh, tanked by about 5% as well. Right. Uh, the worst performance, uh, monthly performance we saw in more than 12 years. And that triggered a rise in gold price uh, last month. So gold price actually uh, registered again about 8% in November, uh, one of the best ones we saw since 2021. So um, as you mentioned, I think obviously the service providers exaggerated last week and right. that had a, a small negative impact on gold prices. But the fact that if we look back at the gold price, uh, in a couple of weeks ago or a couple of months ago, it was $1,600. Now it's close to 1800 So definitely, I think the pause, the expected pause of the Fed in terms of rising rates and the expected witness in the dollar that we expect going forward uh, are pushing more investors into the gold market. Hmm. And we are expecting November CPI data for the U.S. and also the U.S. Fed decision to be out next week, Robin. And uh, increasingly, there has been discussion about you know whether the Fed would need to keep rates higher for longer. So have these expectations been priced in and how would that affect gold prices going forward then? Yes. I, th- I think inflation numbers, we've seen that um, kind of um, monetizing to, the, to a level that we expect around 7.5%. Mm-hmm. Um, the rate decision, we expect uh, the Fed uh, to be somewhat in line with the market, so maybe 50 to 75 bips mm-hmm. um, increase uh, in December. And I think if, if the Fed do decide to raise rates by 50 to 75 bips, I think uh, gold will react um, positively because that's in line with the market. But and I think anything over 75 bips, uh, potentially 1% increase, that potentially will have a negative impact uh, on gold. Uh, but all in all, I think the market has been somewhat pricing in the Fed will start to slow uh, rates uh, in 2023. So our expectation at State Street, we expect uh, the terminal rate uh, of the Fed uh, to be uh, peaking uh, uh, by the first half of next year. We actually expect the Fed possibly to cut rates in Q4 because we do see 
the possibility of global recession given the high inflation and high rates in 2023. And with inf inflation shooting up, recession uh, on a heightened level, we do expect gold prices to do uh, better in 2023 than 2022. And you mentioned about 75 basis points, and it seems like a little bit more hawkish than the 50 basis points that markets were expecting. Uh, what are your thoughts? How do you reach that 75 BPS uh, assumption then? Uh, so we expect about 50 to 75 bips. Right, uh, obviously, right. I think the market do expect 50. But um, I think there is a chance that the Fed may increase to 75 because the job data came out quite strong yeah. uh, last week. So uh, I think anything between 50 to 75, uh, that possibility will be in line for the market. But obviously, if the Fed do decide to go aggressive, mm. um, possibly 1%, and I think not just gold, I think uh, the stock market, the bond yes. market uh, will be negatively impacted uh, as well. Okay, let's let's hope that um, maybe don't happen for now, right? And one percent. Let's let's not go for that. But in the meantime, well, Robin, uh, help us understand what are the key levels to watch when it comes to gold prices. Where do you see them closing up the year? It's definitely more positive uh, compared to a few months ago because uh, I think investors are looking at, uh, as you mentioned, the Fed uh, could be less aggressive next year, mm. and also I think the dollar. Um, has weakened a lot. Um, we expect the dollar to weaken, continue to weaken next year, uh, given, I think, uh, if the Fed decide to pause, uh, a, a lot of money will flow back to the non-US currency, for example, like the euro, yen, and, and pound. So, um, so in the coming months, I think the key level to watch for is the 1750. Um, so in the last couple of weeks, I think gold has been able to consolidate above the 1750 US dollar per ounce. The key level to watch out for is the 1800 level, which gold was able to break above, but mm -hmm. now it's trading just below that level. Right. So I think in the next couple of weeks, if gold can shoot above 1800 and can consolidate above 1800 uh, towards the year end, I think momentum should be uh, coming in in the first quarter of next year. Right. And well, looking ahead, right, uh, Robin, I'd like to focus on the outlook for 2023. Let's start with the opportunities here. Jewelry sales, retail sales uh, typically pick up as we wrap up the year. And we know that Chinese New Year is coming in in January this year. So help us understand how's the seasonal jewelry demand for gold like in Q4 and also Q1 of 2023? Yes, jewelry, it's, it's an important sector to look at because on average, it contributes about 45% of global uh, demand. And you're correct in saying that Q4 and Q1 is usually a strong quarter for jewelry because uh, in China, the Chinese New Year, and in India, which is a very important market mm. as well, uh, all the weddings will, will start to ramp up oh, uh, as well. Right. So I think in Q4 and Q1, um, what we saw in Q3 was that the, the level of demand globally has gone back to the pre-COVID level. Um, so the level we saw in 2020 was very poor because of COVID, but now the demand globally driven by China and India and the rest of the world has gone back to the level pre-2019. And we expect that level to maintain in Q4, uh, in Q1. So I don't think we'll see any surprises uh, in jury. Uh, the sector we're looking at uh, is the inflation sector and also the uh, demand from central banks, which we think will continue to contribute uh, the growing demand uh, mm. for the gold market. 
Right, you mentioned about uh, gold from central banks, and I just want to touch on that. It seems like central banks continue to accumulate gold as well. So, how's the appetite like from central banks? The the appetite it's actually been quite quite strong. Um, it's actually above our expectation in terms of demand, especially in Q3. Um, central banks around the world accumulated a record amount of gold during Q3. Um, What's driving the demand from central banks is mostly those um, emerging market central banks, which uh, they they want gold or they want exposure to gold to hedge against market risk uh, as well. And central banks has been a very important user or investor of gold in the last 12 years, and they continue to be a net buyer of gold as well. And that just shows how, I guess, how much faith uh, central banks are putting into gold as a safe haven asset and as an asset that can diversify away from uh, traditional asset classes like equities and bonds and also their currency exposure as well. If you're just tuning in, we're now speaking to Robin Sui, APEC Gold Strategist, SPDR ETFs or Spider ETFs, State Street Global Advisor. And uh, well, Robin, in the meantime, according to a CNBC report, Ukraine seems to be uh, keen to rebuff a claim that fighting in the war could slow down during winter. So what is the overall demand from individual gold investors right now? And how could a war or what would the war mean for investors as we head into the new year? Are we expecting a flight to safety here? Um, we actually saw that in Q1 uh, right. when uh, Russia started to attack Ukraine. And in Q1, as we recall, gold price went up about 6%, and a lot of demand went to gold ETFs and physical gold uh, as well. Uh, but in the last two quarters, obviously, the war is still going, but um, um, I, I think the focus has been on the U.S. dollar and rates and also on mm. markets uh, as well. But I think, I think gold has proven to be an excellent hedge against geopolitical risk, geopolitical tensions. Um, so whether um, there's a shock to the financial system, like a war or like a black swan event, like, mm. for example, like Brexit, for example, um, there's always um, flight to safety. And people will uh, tend to uh, consider gold because uh, gold is considered as an asset away from the financial system. Um, so not only, I think, Ukraine and Russia, but uh, as you know, that's a lot of risk around the world uh, in terms of geopolitical risk, uh, Russia, Ukraine, US, uh, Taiwan, North Korea, etc. So uh, investors are actually looking into gold as a hedge against um, this kind of risk that they can't factor into their financial models. Mm. And on the other side of the coin, Robin, we are seeing some headwinds for gold as well. According to the World Gold Council, uh, outflows from Chinese gold ETFs accelerated, losing some $331 million US dollars in October. Any explanation on the outflows and will we be seeing a reversal in movements now that China is easing its pandemic restrictions? Yes, we, we actually saw globally, um, not just China, I think globally, uh, that that has been outflows um, uh, mostly in the U.S. and some from China, um, but on the flip side, we actually seen inflows uh, uh, into Euro- European domicile ETFs. So there has been a very strong demand uh, for gold ETFs in Europe because of this, I guess, um, uh, uh, the risk they are facing, uh, the energy crisis, and some of the inflation. Uh, factors they're facing. But globally, we have seen outflows with net all the regions that we have. Um, but in the last couple of weeks, we have seen uh, inflows back uh, into gold back ETFs, especially the U.S. investors, where uh, U.S. is the biggest market for gold ETFs. And in the last couple of weeks, uh, due to the rise in gold prices and volatility in the equity market in the U.S., we actually have seen 
um, more inflows back uh, into gold back ETFs. And our expectation is that going forward, particularly in 2023, if gold price do um, do well, uh, that's in line with our expectation. Uh, if you can trade above 1800 or even test the 1900 mark in the coming quarters, uh, I think the ETF inflows will be uh, a lot stronger than this uh, this year in 2023. Hmm. And, uh, well, Robin, what are the other headwinds for gold that you think our listeners should be aware of in the meantime? Yes, the, I think the key headwind is that if, if the Fed do raise rates um, more aggressively and somehow the U.S. Uh, economy do not go into recessions, I, I think that that will be a very positive um, factor for the U.S. dollar. And obviously, I think U.S. and gold price uh, of this inverse correlation that we always see, that will be um, negative for gold price. Um, but that scenario, from our perspective, is it's, it's quite, uh, quite low because if, if the Fed do raise rates aggressively, I think the chance of recession will be quite high. And I think another headwinds will be uh, the continual rise in the real interest rates as well. Uh, uh, the key that we uh, we look out for uh, for gold is the rise in the Treasury yields as well. So if the Treasury yields in the U.S. rise aggressively, um, and that will be a potential headwind for gold price in 2023. And as we navigate the short-term challenges and volatilities, to what extent is gold a good hedging option over the longer term? I think gold has always been a, a hedge against uh, uncertainty. Mm. Um, so if you look at gold price this year, um, obviously it's down 2% in US dollar terms, but it has outperformed global equities and global bonds by more than 10% this year. Um, so gold as a unique asset class that does not correlate uh, very high with traditional asset class, we do advise investors to allocate about 5% in the portfolio um, just as a portfolio insurance and a portfolio diversifier if um, the volatility in equity and bonds continue to rise uh, going forward. So that's uh, a recommendation that we, we have for investors, just hold some long-term allocation to go as a hedge against rising uncertainties. Any particular format of gold that they should be holding, whether it's jewellery or whether it is ETFs? Um, so we, we do advise um, both uh, uh, ETF and physical. So I think having a physical form of instrument is very important. Mm. Uh, for, from our perspective, uh, I think ETFs, gold back ETF, is a very convenient way to invest in gold. Mm. And I think it's one of the cheapest way to track the gold price uh, as well. So it's more, in, I guess, convenient for investors, in particularly in Singapore, right. Uh, to trade uh, this instrument. All right. Thank you very much, Robin. Always a pleasure chatting. That was Robin Sui, APEC Gold Strategist, SPDR ETFs, State Street Global Advisor. Thank you very much for joining us on Money FM 89.3. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance.